Informed Dissent, the intersection of healthcare and politics, with Dr. Jeff Barkey, board-certified primary care physician, and Dr. Mark McDonald, board-certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist. This is Mark McDonald. Jeff Barkey is away. And I'm going to take that opportunity to address a question which I'm often asked. Why don't Americans see the damage that their government is causing them? Obviously some do, but there is a large number of us here in this country who seem to be living in different realities. I think I have an answer to that question, and it's a psychological answer, and I'm going to pursue it today. We have so many irrational, destructive, and downright absurd policies, whether it's from distancing to masks to closing schools for children that aren't getting sick or spreading disease, keeping people from work, firing people who don't want to take a vaccine, who were working for a year and a half saving lives without it, and are now somehow unclean, dangerous, immoral, lacking in virtue, and deserve to lose their jobs and be fired. In fact, just two days ago, the great leftist linguistic intellectual Noam Chomsky was interviewed and asked, What should the unvaccinated do if they're being blocked in the future from purchasing food in grocery stores, which could happen here in Los Angeles uh, very soon? And his answer was, well, they should just figure it out. Those who cannot shop for food should just figure out how to eat on their own because they've made their choice. This is akin to expulsing the adulteress in the Middle Ages into the woods to fend for herself. We actually have respected American academics now sending people into the desert without food or water to die because they've chosen not to receive a vaccine. There's something very sick about this, and yet there are quite a few Americans who are entirely on board with it and do not see the injury, the immorality, the harm, the impending collapse of society that this is all based on. Something is very wrong. I was thinking about this question while I was consulting on a clinical case that involved severe chronic child abuse. A young girl had been removed from her home by social services after it was discovered that her biological father had been sexually abusing her for a number of years. It was unclear exactly when the abuse started, but Certainly, for two to three years, he had been raping her on a daily basis. It became clear what had happened when she showed up to a hospital emergency room seven months pregnant. And when the baby was born, a paternity test was performed, and it was confirmed that the child's father was her biological father. 
She had three sisters, all of whom had been raped regularly by the father as a form of punishment. The father was likely mentally ill. Uh, he called himself the God of gods. Uh, he was quoting biblical verses to support the legality and appropriateness of him having sex with underage girls. He has been arrested and he has been tried and put in jail. I believe he's in prison now. Beyond the horror of these despicable acts of abuse and incest that this father performed on his children uh, day after day, year after year, what really struck me was the comments that were put into the notes by the therapist who was working with this girl. And what she wrote was that despite the girl admitting that she was having trouble sleeping, nightmares, panic attacks, depression, all of the typical symptoms of trauma that you would expect from a girl who's been abused for such a long period of time, what the therapist noted that struck me was that this young woman, when asked to talk about the trauma and describe the feelings that she had for her father, the perpetrator of the abuse, she declined to express any anger, criticism, or judgment towards her father whatsoever. And in fact, she even went so far as to say that he shouldn't be in jail. She wanted to reunite with her father and live once again with him in the home and felt terribly saddened that she had been separated from him. In fact, she even used the word unjust, that she would no longer be able to see her father, that legally she could not visit with him. you might ask yourself, why on earth would a girl who's been raped by her father, bears the child of her father, and knows that her sisters have been raped by their father, still wanting to reunite with dad, and still holds him in high esteem, still loves this man? And I think there's an actually reasonable and understandable explanation for it. There is only one father. No matter how bad he is, we can never replace him, just like there's only one mother. If this woman, this young woman now, age 18, 19, were to acknowledge and accept that her father had been abusing her, that her father had damaged her, perhaps irreparably, she would never be able to have a father again. She would be alone. She would essentially kill off her father in her mind, and she would have no one to replace him with. I believe that this is the reason why Americans cannot acknowledge that their government has been abusing them for the last two years. If Americans were to acknowledge the truth behind the abuse, the harm that has been committed against them by their government, 
they would no longer have a government to keep in mind. This problem, this psychological dilemma that Americans have is even worse in some ways than the dilemma that this young woman has to face. Because this young woman, unlike Americans, is truly a victim. She was not complicit in the abuse. She did not ask for or vote for or support her rape. But Americans have been complicit. They have voted for, they have elected these politicians. They have allowed them to appoint bureaucrats to micromanage their lives, to create rules and laws that limit their ability to work, their children to play, to be educated, to shop. They have been party to this abuse. They have identified and supported the abuser. So not only do they have to contend with the irrevocability of losing the only form of government that they know, which has now become corrupt, which has now become abusive, destructive, antithetical to the, uh, the foundations of our democracy. If they were to contend with the reality that they live in, which is truly a horror, they would also have to acknowledge their part in it. I don't think many Americans are up to that task. We have not been from the very beginning of this pandemic in any way in a true healthcare emergency by any stretch of the imagination. That has been what we were told and that has been the basis of and the justification for the ratcheting effect of ongoing restrictions, ongoing limitations of our liberties, ongoing abuses of power. What is now happening, and retrospectively I believe it was happening from the beginning, but it's certainly clear today, is the use of a medical emergency to effect a purge in this country. We are not isolating people because of their medical status. We are not firing people because they are unclean, because they are infectious, because they are a health threat, as we are being told. We are not bifurcating our society into a medical apartheid state because we are in a pandemic of the unvaccinated, as Jen Psaki likes to say, and Anthony Fauci, and CNN. We are actually in the process of purging thought from our society. We are segregating people based upon what they believe. We are engaging in a search and destroy campaign for thought crime in a true Orwellian sense of the word. This is such a horrible 
perversion and corruption of government. That for most Americans, just the thought of that actual reality, because that is what is happening. This is a purge. Just the thought of that is so horrifying that it would be akin to acknowledging that your father had been raping you for four years every single day. And that is the reason why so many Americans cannot see reality for what it is. I'm, awful, I'm often also asked, well, regardless of what the reason is, how do we fix this? What do we do about this? How do we move forward? And I don't believe that the answer lies in changing politics. I don't believe the answer lies in forming a separate society, although that may actually be what we have to do. I think that if, in fact, the problem that we're facing is really a psychological one, that the only way to solve this problem is for each American to acknowledge his or her role in contributing to this nightmare to assign responsibility for his role in creating this monster and for sending this monster away. And to do that, we have to accept that we may no longer have a trustworthy government. We may no longer have a father figure. We don't have someone that we can rely on. We can no longer be dependent on a state that we assume is acting in our best interests. We're going to have to grow up. We're going to have to accept that there are bad characters and evil adults in our midst and that we need to be the adults in the room. We need to take accountability for our own actions. We need to start living independently and we need to start assigning blame to those who harm us, even when it means that we have something to lose. Even when it means that the relationship between us and our caretakers may be permanently severed. I know having treated patients over the years who have lived in truly horrific conditions, who have been abused, that there is a part of them that wants to forgive the abuser because it allows them to remain and maintain ties with that family member. But I also know from clinical experience that the only patients who are able to truly grow and develop and remain strong and develop new and healthy relationships with truly virtuous people, people who are kind and loving and who are not evil, 
must sever their ties with that abuser. When that abuser is truly evil, there is no way to maintain a relationship and still grow new healthy relationships with others. I don't know if Americans are up to this. I would like to hope and pray that they are, but I don't see much evidence that that's the case. As I said early in this pandemic, children have been traumatized and are probably going to require years and years of therapy. I thought about this because children have been so terribly victimized by their parents, by society, by government. But now I'm starting to believe that actually adults as well are going to be in need of a very, very long recuperative period. And in large part, that's because in order to move forward, adults are going to have to accept that they have built and supported and sustained the monster that has caused them so much harm and caused harm to their friends, to their neighbors, to their families. We live in a very, very narcissistic, immature, irresponsible culture right now. Very few people want to take accountability for themselves. They don't want to be held accountable. And I think that that's mirrored in our society at large. I'm going to be doing some thinking about this and see if I can come up with an idea for a possible solution on a societal level. I know what this, the treatment is and I know what the solution is for an individual, but this has never happened before, at least in this country, on a national level. As of now, what I believe is that until we actually truly feel the pain and the collapse of our country, and it, it's coming, it's, it's very, very close. We're days away from essentially banning everyone in the city of Los Angeles from conducting any form of business in retail stores, restaurants, or gyms without receiving a shot. Until people really begin to suffer, until the addict really hits rock bottom and finds himself alone, wasted, in the gutter. I don't know if there's really any hope of digging our way out. So unfortunately, I think the worst is yet to come. But once it does, there may be some hope for our future. I'm going to keep thinking about this and I'm going to keep writing and speaking and trying to come up with a solution. This is definitely not a path that we should continue to go down any longer. I'm Dr. Mark McDonald. And this is Informed Dissent.
You've been listening to Informed Dissent with Dr. Jeff Barkey, board-certified primary care physician, and Dr. Mark McDonald, board-certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist. Informed Dissent, the intersection of healthcare and politics.